Welcome to the TAGT Podcast. Come along as we work to connect the GT community and explore new ways to meet the unique needs of gifted individuals. This is the TAGT Podcast. This podcast was recorded at the 2023 TAGT Gifted Plus Equity Conference. Hello and welcome to the Texas Association for the Gifted and Talented Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fluche. A special thank you to our sponsor, Renzuli Learning. Check them out and get your free trial at RenzuliLearning.com. Today, we're chatting with Marinda Coleman and Tammy Crum. Marinda Coleman is a high school GT specialist from San Antonio ISD. Marinda has a lifetime of experience as a gifted student and has spent more than 15 years in education. Prior to entering the classroom, she earned her BBA in finance and international business from Baylor University. From Texas A&M, she got her MBA as well and worked for Chase Bank. Marinda serves as a GT specialist for San Antonio ISD, where she developed a service model to provide equitable access for the district's secondary gifted students. Also, we are joined by Tammy Crum, a GT specialist from San Antonio ISD as well. Tammy has spent more than 15 years as an educator, with the last 10 years focused on GT education. She has her BA in education from the University of Incarnate Word and has an MS or Master's in Information Systems. In her role as an elementary GT specialist in San Antonio, she led the district's participation in the 90, 92nd Newberry Festival and served as the district's UIL coordinator for five years. Marinda and Tammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Michael. We're happy to be here. Thank yeah, you. I'm so glad to have you. You're here. Uh, we're actually at the Gifted Plus Equity Conference, and y'all are presenters here today, and we're glad you're here. And one of the reasons that I'm always just glad to have specialists and coordinators and directors from other districts is that we get a feel for how San Antonio's brand of GT is a little bit. So let's just start off by saying, can you introduce yourself and a little bit of your work specifically as specialists for the district? Sure. Um, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, I am actually the high school GT instructional specialist. And when we started here with SAISD, the model that we're implementing in the secondary level or at the high school level was something that I saw that would provide equitable access for our GT students in urban school districts. And part of it is I actually meet with our students um, in cohort sessions quarterly, and we focus on different strands. So four times a year, one hour each, we focus on growth and fixed mindset and how that affects the GT students specifically. We talk about social emotional traits of being GT. We also talk about summer programs and internships. So I actually created a database of different programs that are either free, low cost, or offer scholarships. And then in addition to that, where I'm putting in there, you know, PSAT, SAT type prep, mm. uh, GPA, goal setting, all of those different pieces that I think sometimes, you know, when... There's so much going on at the high school level. Sometimes our students don't get all that information. So even just finding out what it means to be GT, sometimes kids get identified GT and it's like, great, I go see my teacher, you know, 90 minutes um, a week and that's part of what being GT is. But there's so many other elements to that. Mm. And it's almost getting them ready, like just because, you know, getting through high school and then beyond high school. And that's where kind of I felt that there was a need for our kids and SAISD was open to the idea of what else can we do for our students. So, yes, that's what I do. 
Yeah. And I primarily work with the elementary students at the, all of the elementary schools. Um, we have 14 total uh, ISs at the moment. We have the one high school, Miranda is the high school um, IS, and then we have a middle school specialist that handles all the middle schools, and the rest of us um, focus on the elementaries and the academies. And the, the general model is 90 minutes a week pull out on each of the campuses. Some of us have uh, five campuses, some of us have six or seven, but it's it's basically working on different projects or problem-based learning in, in, in our GT pullout, genius hour type mm-hmm. um, stuff. I've done 90-second Newberry a lot with my my particular cluster of kids that I see. And then some of the other specialists have, have also done the 90-second Newberry. And it, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a contest. It's a, it's a nationwide contest, but it's in San, it, it, we showcase it in San Antonio also. And it, anybody from around the general area can participate and you can you have the opportunity to win like up to $1,500 to take back for your campus. So wow. Several of our schools have won multiple times. So that's basically our, our pullout model. Man, don't let my district know we could be making money. I didn't know. Yeah, these are opportunities. Yeah. And, and again, this is why I love having people from districts, different districts come on here is that there's some things that y'all are do- doing that I didn't even really even know about. And, you know, so, Okay. So to talk about your service model a little bit more, since we're talking about it, we got kind of the elementary and the high school and the secondary or whatever. So you get a 90 minute pull out in elementary, but also you didn't, you bring up 90 minutes in high school so as well. I do one hour once a quarter and I break them up into 20, like my groups are no more than 20 students and it's by grade level. And so what I do is I kind of go through first quarter is always going to be growth that growth that versus fixed mindset yeah. throughout all four years, but I'm building each year. And then second quarter is always going to be SEL, but I'm yeah. building each year. Uh-huh. And then same thing with summer programs and internships and GPA and goal setting. That's usually my fourth one is is I give the students actually time to just sit with me. So you don't have to be a big 20-minute group. You only have to yeah. sign up if you want to and wow. stuff like that. So kind of giving them that individualized opportunity. And how many kids do you meet with? <laughs> it's my we so at the high school we have close to 1300 uh-huh. gt students i support the comprehensive high school students we have seven campuses plus one choice high school so that's eight campuses so it's a little over 800 students that wow. i'm supporting yes yes <laughs> that sounds easy i'm sure you got all their names down and uh calling parents and yeah right <laughs> well that's exciting though and again just hearing these different ways of going about things and, and the fact that at the high school level that y'all are even moving into that space and being deliberate with the types of lessons that you're doing, because I feel like sometimes what happens with secondary GT is that it, the the compulsion, especially now, is what are we doing to get CCMR measures or, you know, college different interpretations of what college career ready is, but also these skills that you're talking about you could argue are just as important. They are. They are, especially, you know, one of the things when I came into this position was the fact that we have a group of selective consumer GTs, especially at the high school Mm. level. And so we have our underachieving GTs. So there's a model that we've kind of come out with, with professional development for mentoring our GT kids that are are like our selective consumer students and allowing teachers to get their professional development hours through Mm -hmm. that, mentoring students on their own campus. Because just like, you know, I'm just one person. But if, you know, you're on campus and you're meeting with this kid, because sometimes those kids, they just need to know somebody's looking. I noticed you didn't pass this class. I noticed this is going on. Like, that's all they need. And then you just check up because sometimes that's all I'm doing. Like, I will Mm -hmm. do great checks and I will check and I'll be like, hey, what happened here? Like, you failed that class. Have you talked to that teacher? And sometimes it's 
helping them advocate for themselves, but also teaching them to advocate for themselves. Because sometimes I'll send email, like I'll ask the student, I said, do you feel comfortable sending the email? Do you want me to send the email? Mm -hmm. If I send the email, I'll CC you on that email. And Mm -hmm. that even just teaches them that piece of how do you advocate for yourself on whatever it is that's going on. So it's a lot of, you know, little moving, a lot of little moving parts of trying to reach and trying to help those students navigate high school. And it seems like you're certainly trying to do that relative to those elementary students as well. Yes. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, we we each have between five and seven campuses and the pullout is 90 minutes, but it might be that I'm able to see my first and second graders, my third and fourth and my fifth graders. And then in some schools, I have a very small population. So I'm seeing first through fifth altogether, which isn't ideal. Right. (laughs) But So wait, first through fifth all at the same time. Yes. So like in a 90-minute block. Wow. Yeah. Walk through what that looks like. <laughs> it's it's It can be challenging. It's, it's a, little, a little bit of chaos. Are we all doing the same thing? Similar things and not necessarily always the same topic. Okay. So it's, some of my schools, I, I'm doing more of the 90-second Newberry thing. Right. Where it's more of the kids doing it together. Mm-hmm. It really depends from school to school on how many kids I have at that campus yeah. as to what's happening. I have schools where I'm doing 90 Second Newberry in the same class, and I'm also doing Genius Hour stuff in the same wow. class. So it's a lot of, hey, this is what we're doing, kind of guiding the kids, and then they facilitate. They do the rest of it on their own, and I'm just there kind of managing. And I know this is a unique situation to you, but I do think we're going to have a lot of GT educators who are listening to this who certainly understand that having a role in this field can lead to unique dynamics relative to the needs of the campus, the needs of the kids, the needs of the district. So it seems like you're a utility infielder, to use a baseball reference, ready to do whatever you need to do. The most important thing is that you're going out there and serving those kids. Yes, we have to. Yeah, very cool. Well, that's awesome. And speaking about serving those kids, y'all are here presenting on uh, ways to do that. So to steal a little bit from y'all's, from your presentation here, you are talking about instructional strategies, especially when looking at students from economically disadvantaged and culturally diverse backgrounds and trying to get them to be trying to cultivate creative thinkers from that. What led you to want to present on that today? And let's start to talk about what, a little bit about what that looks like. So some of these kits that we ta- we mentioned earlier are leadership and visual arts kits, and they came mm. from the Javits grant. And so with that, one of the stipulations is that these kits or anything that was designed using this grant had to help underrepresented gifted students. And so mm-hmm. with that, that's where all these different kits came from. So the grant was a five-year grant and that grant went away, but we still have kids that were identified right. in, in that we still have the materials for it. So the thought was, let's put them into kits. Let's develop professional development around these kits so that teachers can get trained and it can go out into the district. It doesn't just stay with our department. And so from that, we started developing the professional development. Tammy worked on this specific one last summer. Mm -hmm. And then as we were thinking about which one of these kits, you know, could we present at tag it or, you know, present to other people that would allow other districts to kind of go, hey, we can do that. If you just tell us what to use and how to use it, we could create those kits. So that's a little bit of how that this came to be on how we decided, Mm -hmm. hey, let's go ahead and take this to tag it. And 
make it into something that teachers can use throughout the district. And I will know, sometimes I think as educators, we get so pulled into like the everyday, Hmm. you know, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But sometimes nobody ever like, well, what can we be using in the classroom? Like, what can I take? And sometimes you just need somebody to tell you, if you have these resources, you can totally run with that. And that's what we were trying to do. Here are the resources. Here are a few strategies from from these resources and take them, take them with you, implement them yeah. and then see how they work. And then you can kind of build from there. So that's kind of where that came from. And I was just going to say that this particular kit also is one of the kits that probably requires the least amount of extra things that you have to have. So mm. it just, it's just the three books that are in this kit. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really need a lot of materials or anything, whereas some of the other kits have Legos oh, yeah. and things like that. Basically so. makerspace type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, more of those things. So you've got this grant. It led you to have these kits and these resources. And I think there's something just in that that y'all are talking about is because I feel like that happens a lot in education where you're in the midst of a program, you're in the midst of an initiative, a grant, something where the funding is a certain way or whatever, then things change, right? Which it feels like, at least in my district and in our world, things are changing every year, it seems like. So you were able to pivot from that and still have the mindset of equipping people moving forward with these creativity instructional strategies, these books. So tell me a little bit more about it. What sort of, give me some examples of what strategies we're talking about here. So we kind of talked in the presentation a little bit about, so one of the books that we, well, three of them, we had three books. We had Thinker Toys. We had What Do You Do? Back of the Napkin. Back of the Napkin. And then What Do You Do with an Idea? Okay. And so from all of that, it was like, well, what are Thinker Toys? And so it's, you know, going through the book and going, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. And so then it was a little bit, some of those Thinker Toys are Thinker Toys we already know, like Scamper. Think bubbles, mind mapping. Those are some of the thinker toys we know. And then we build off of that because there's other pieces as well, the think rights. So you can speak to some of the think rights we did today. Yeah, there's several think right activities in there, which basically help build fluency and flexibility in in creative thinking. Wow. One of the activities we did earlier was making a a four-word sentence out of a four-letter word. So we give you a a word, like the word we gave was idea, and then they had a certain amount of time to come up with as many sentences as they could in whatever language that they they wanted to. So we did have some people. So like, I don't eat apples? Yes. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Good job. I'll take whatever prize you have for that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. So they're just, okay. So it's a, it's about not necessarily the depth of the idea, but the the thinking that's involved with the multiple, the the multiple ideas and activities like that. That's, I love that with creative thinking and playing in that regard, because it teaches kids a little bit about finding the best idea from the multitude, you know? So that's really fun. And it's a lot of not, not a wrong answer. Right. There's multiple answers for this. It wasn't just, we're just looking for one Mm -hmm. because I mean, as most of us GT educators know, sometimes the kids just want to go, did I get it right? Did I, I don't know. Well, what do you think? I mean, was that a good answer? Like we want to fuel that thinking of allowing them to judge that on their own. Like, do you think that was a good sentence? And it was a good sentence. Did you hit those four marks? Yeah, you did. Like, it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be here. You got a hundred or no, you didn't get it right. It's just, what were we doing today? I was being creative. I was just, you know, learning how to learn and letting my brain Mm -hmm. come up with multiple answers. So, Mm -hmm. And, And even as adults in our presentation, they were like, can we do this? Can we do that? Yes. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that interesting, though, that creative thinking really has a lot to do with the context in which we think and getting people comfortable with 
doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, that does happen a lot where people just like, yeah, am I breaking rules by doing this? But to some degree, creativity requires that type of willingness to move into those spaces. That's so cool that this is provoking that. Right. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I I shared in the presentation is that for a long time, you know, I was a GT EcoDisc kid growing up. And so then for me, I always, I always thought that I wasn't creative. Like Mm -hmm. I can remember, you know, working at Chase and being part of a mentoring program and we were doing some type of activity and they were asking, you know, about being creative. And I was like, I'm not creative. Like, I don't know what y'all are talking, like I'm not. (laughs) Even though, so, you know, my thought of what creativity meant was like, could I draw? Was I was an was I an artist? Very artistic, very yeah. artistic. But it was through time that I figured out, huh? I am creative. It's just in a different way of right. being creative. And so I never really had that outlet to explore what mm-hmm. that creativity was because it was during that time when it was like either right or wrong, and I was trying to be that GT overachiever kid that you know would get right. the grades and all of that. I'll get and the right answer and get I'll get it right quickly. Answer. Yes, but that's not what it. Yeah. No. And so with that, like having lessons, like, like, I'm just like, oh my goodness, the younger me needed this. Like that, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, when you were asking us about like, how did this come about? Yeah. You know, seeing some of those things, a lot of the, like even the curriculum that I came up with had to do with what did I need when I was that age? Like Absolutely. what would have helped me? What would have eliminated some roadblocks? And that like being creative and knowing and owning that creativity at an early age, I think that would have been very helpful to me. Yeah. So yeah. And I and I think we touched on this a little bit in our presentation about like some of us think that you're either creative or you're not, like that you're just mm. born that way. And I grew up thinking, well, you know, I, I'm not good at drawing or I'm not good at art or whatever because I didn't feel like I was, but I didn't realize until I got into art school later that I could develop that skill. Like I'm not, I'm not a Van Gogh or, you know, not an artist by any means, but I did see that I did make progress and I, I can, I'm a lot better Mm. now than I was. So I think the kids, it's important for the kids to understand that even though they're not good at something right now, they're, they're just not good at it yet. Right. Wow. Good growth mindset again, which is so important with that, that social and emotional piece as well. Okay, so these oh, now I'm still interested about these kits too because I, I feel like it's for me that's a little bit of problem solving because again I think there's a lot of gifted educator educators listening to this serving a lot of kids or a lot of campuses so you have these kits how what, how's the the function of the kit work and is that does it help you get buy in or other people using it you know what I mean how's that element to this so that's part of what the growing process is right now like we were figuring out Google Forms like we're like okay, okay. how are we going to check this out so at one point we were like okay we'll house them at these different campuses and then we'll work them out that way you know mm-hmm. because we had teachers starting to come to the trainings for these but then it's a matter of getting those checked out so then we were thinking that didn't work out the way we thought it would. But as you know, sometimes school districts, we don't have a lot of space to house all of this. Yeah. So luckily, we found a space where we could put everything in in a classroom where we are able to check that out. And the the teachers are able to, like, once they're done with the professional development that day, we provide them with that Google form so that they can check those out. And then that kind of funnels through our GTA. GISs. So like if we okay. find out, so let's say it's one of at one of Tammy's campuses, then she'll either meet the teacher there at that where we have them housed now, or she'll deliver it herself. So that's kind of, you know, how we're 
giving the lava kits legs, right? It's to make sure that we have PD in place so that the teachers feel comfortable using it and then making sure that those kits are accessible to them and have everything that they need and have them put together in a way Mm -hmm. that's easily transportable. I mean, that was just one of those things that we were working on recently that I was like, this kid's like really huge. And then for the right. for the teacher to come get it. So then it was just a matter of, could we break these up into two kits and do this and like mm. into smaller kits so that if a teacher's like, no, I just want to use it with these five kids because they always seem like they're a little bit ahead and I want to yeah. give them something to work on. Well, then there's that differentiation piece where she's like, no, I want to take, you know, enough to work with the whole classroom. Well, then you check out four of those kids. So right. it's trying, you know, even those are like little things that you don't think about until you come up against it and you're like, oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> let's try to figure out how we can get, make sure that these kids get out to the classrooms. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, yeah, because I, what I'm finding too, is that even if you have great strategies, if you don't have the systems wrapped around it, it's something's going to fall through. It's not easy for other people to use. It's not easy to implement. And we're already asking them to get into some messy, messy territory with creative thinking, right? You can't do that unless you got some good snappy organizational skills, which I'm still growing in, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, uh, well, that's awesome. Okay. So, and we talked about it a little bit, but you're doing these best practices, but you're not just doing them in a silo. You're here sharing it. You're here presenting on it. I'd love to hear more about, you know, what got you to this point. You know, tell us a little bit. I'd love to, for, for both of you, Tammy and Marinda, share, to share your background a little bit. What got you to here where you're presenting at Gift Ed Plus? Go ahead, Tammy. <laughs> Uh, whoa um a little bit of arm twisting you know i I, (laughs) i'm not i i've gotten a lot more comfortable presenting i'm not it's not my favorite thing in the world to do but i felt like this was something that was important for us to get out to other people so they can learn these strategies themselves and maybe implement some of this stuff to help our cled students in in their in their classrooms or on their campuses where they're at and i'll tell you that i guess i'm the educator of educate you know like i always want to educate yeah. other people uh-huh. so like even in our district we have different our department is arranged uh, in different committees and so one of my roles is as the professional development committee to where we help vet some of the trainings that we do within our district and the stuff that goes outside of our district as well okay because we wanted some type of uniformity for that so this professional development is just like i I'm passionate and I get giddy about sharing this information with other people. I was like, no, you have to hear this. Like, it'll be great. Like, I'm one of those that I'm always trying to share what I know. I share, I've often shared a story of when I did work in corporate America, I worked for Chase Bank. Chase paid for my MBA. So I didn't pay for my MBA. Wow. And as soon as I found out, I was like, Chase pays for my MBA. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do that. So like I I started working for them in September. I was already enrolled in a class by January. Like it was just that quick wow. because I was just like, if you're paying for it, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And once I found out about it, I was like, I need everybody to know. And this was before education. Like I always say, like education was always just part of who I was. Yeah. So I actually coordinated. It was called the MBA BBA boot camp that we did downtown Chase. And I pulled in like different college campuses to come in. And it was a lunch and learn. And it was like, how do we get this paid? So even that, Mm -hmm. like, even when I wasn't in education, it was still part of what I enjoy doing, like helping other people get their education because 
I'm, you know, that believer that education is the great equalizer. Mm. And so because of that, I'm always trying to share what we know or what's working or what we believe, you know, those those research-based practices and yeah. sharing it out with everybody else because why not? We can because ultimately who's going to win? The kids. They're right. all going to win. And so regardless of where this child is, where the student is, if we share it, then it'll go out even further. So That's cool. Yeah. What an encouragement. So in speaking of being encouraging, which I think both of y'all sharing how you got here, it definitely helps with that. I think TAGT is such a great, one of the special things about it is that it 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 relies on educators like you all to come here and to share things as an encouragement to other people. So if you're a, maybe a, a general ed teacher out there or maybe a, a young teacher looking to be a GT specialist or looking to present, what encouragement do you have out there for them so they can maybe be in your shoes one day? I would say don't like don't let your fears hold you back. That's something that like I was struggling. I I always struggle with it with, with presenting. Like I I get in my head too much, and mm-hmm. you know Miranda can probably tell you. Like the last few days, I'm like, oh, I need to look at this again. I need to look at this again. I need. And then today it was like fine. Like I was it was fine. Yeah. I just I I you know stay out of your own way is what mm. I would probably say. Right. And I would say. One of the things, like especially what you're talking about, most of us ISs that came into this department were classroom teachers. Yeah. But that is a jump to go from a classroom teacher to a specialist. Mm -hmm. And part of it is being able to train others. Like that's one of those things. And so to develop, you know, to develop those skills, you have to go see how everybody else Mm. is presenting. You have to see, you know, some of those presentations and you have to rip those band-aids off uh-huh. and just go and do it, just like Tammy was saying. You know, I remember the first time I presented was actually at Taggett Leadership. And that yeah. was probably the first year that I had created the model for high school. And so that was fairly new to me. And so even for that, that was that I was nervous. I was like, okay, and you know, going trying to get myself there, but it's getting out of that comfort zone. Like you have to push yourself and want more and ultimately. I think it's to see who's benefiting from this. And so like, if you can switch uh-huh. your shift mm-hmm. to this isn't about me, this is about me sharing this out so other people can get it. Mm-hmm. So if I can get out of my own way and not think about, you know, am I going to say this the right way? Did I present it the right way? All of those things. If I can get out of my own way and just do it and just share what I know, then it'll be fine. And so that's what I would say to to encourage, you know, new teachers or if they're wanting to go into into GT. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, and I keep coming back to this in my head. How's it? So just seeing y'all and your personalities and how you share, I know I'm like interested and excited in the work that you do. How is it sharing it, whether it's here at the conference or sharing it back in your district? What's the response that you get to some of the work that you do, whether it's from kids, parents, teachers? Do you feel like it's it feels like you're moving the ball? So what are you seeing as you're going out there to do this? I think my favorite what I'm seeing is when the kids I do an end of year survey with my kids uh-huh. to find feedback from them. I more specifically do it with my with my seniors that are graduating. Oh, really? And when you hear back, like, you know, I leave a little notes, like, I want to find out, like, which part of my lessons did you find most beneficial? Mm-hmm. What was of most interest to you? 
what any any additional notes you want to say. And I hear things like, it was nice to just break away from those classes for a minute and remind myself about like what the end goal is. Mm-hmm. And that's nice to hear. Or when I get, I remember over COVID, I remember getting a remind message because that's how I communicate with my kids, getting a remind message and a student thanking me. She got a full ride to Rice and oh, wow. she was talking about how she was so thankful for every, all the encouragement I had given her, all the different, like I was just in tears reading it because it was one of those moments. So I would say that's probably my favorite, but maybe it's, maybe it's the passion. Maybe it's the passion mm-hmm. that people hear in my voice. Like I'm not just doing this out of just it's not just a job for me. It's 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 something that I am passionate about. And I think sometimes that can be contagious. You know, you you share that and people kind of start seeing that vision as well. So Yeah. And and I think like I want to talk about students too, but I wanted to talk about the teachers. Like I, mm. I printed, presented this creativity and problem solving PD already to a group of teachers and they all seemed very excited about it. The only thing that they were worried about was some of them were worried about like admin coming back and, well, why are you doing this? And, right. you know, and not necessarily being able for them, not being able to feel confident enough to verbalize to their admin, like what, what the benefits of these PDs are. But the other thing is I, I've been doing some of these creative problem, creative problems, more of the creative thinking than the problem solving stuff in the class right now with my, not right now, but <laughs> a couple of months ago with my GT students. Mm-hmm. And they just, they like, like soak it up. And they, even if they don't even know the answer to the thing. They're just like, they want to do it again and they want to do it again. Let me see another one. Can I have another one? And so I, I think that that it's very valuable when the kids are interested in it at like in that that intensely. Absolutely. And it's cool that you get to see that over the years too from elementary to high school. So okay, I love it. We're 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 not out of time yet, but we're headed towards the end here. So I've got my traditional fast five questions to learn more about you. I know Tammy in particular is very excited about this. <laughs> I'm going to ask five questions just so the educators out there in the world can connect with y'all and see that y'all are just real and amazing people. All right. Question number one. We'll start with Marinda just to get the ball rolling. If your closest friends had to describe your number one strength, what would, what would they say? Like, man, Marinda is best at. Um, leading the way. Leading the way. Yes. Someone in the audience just said talking. (laughs) But. Maybe you can lead the way by, t- <laughs> yeah, it's by communicating. There you yes, go. It's it's that uh, communication piece. Mm-hmm. I think that it, I think it would fall under one of my gifts. Like I enjoy yeah. talking. That's just, and I think at one point it was seen like, you know, asset versus deficit based, sure. you know, type thing. And at one point it was seen as a deficit, but I think it's an asset. You know, there's just some people that aren't just willing just to speak mm-hmm. and communicate. So yeah. I would say leading the way, and that includes communicating. Absolutely. What do you think, Tammy? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) As for me, I would probably say listening and then being helpful, always willing to to jump in when somebody needs something. So listening to whatever somebody needs and then helping them, even sometimes when it's to my detriment because I have things to do, but I'll, you know, go help somebody else before I finish doing what I need to do sometime. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, very. You're doing great. You're doing great. We're <laughs> we're twenty percent through this thing. Yeah. All right. Okay. Our next question: If you had to describe yourself as one cartoon character that best represents your gifted educational career, what would it be? I know it's a tough one. 
So I think I'm going to go with Lucy from Charlie Brown. <laughs> I love yeah. Lucy. Like that is just one of those things. Like You're just pulling the of, football away. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to teach Charlie Brown a lesson. Like, <laughs> don't don't be so trusting Charlie Brown. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But I like her, I like her assertiveness. I like Ooh, her assertiveness. I think that's that great. that's sometimes one of those things that that some females, I think, in particular, shy away from mm. is being that assertive because maybe it's not accepted, whether it's in your culture, whether it's in your community, whatever the case may be. And mm. I think assertiveness is something that if our if more of our girls would lean into that, mm-hmm. I think that just would make everything better. And it seems pretty clear that your assertiveness in your life has led to some big impactful moments. So what an encouragement to other people. Very cool. Thank you, Lucy. (laughs) What do you think, Tammy? I, I think, um, probably Tinkerbell. Yeah. Oh, I'm interested (laughs) (laughs) because she's, she's kind of like small and unobtrusive and kind of just a little bit in the background, but she can kind of pull things together and make things happen out of sometimes nothing. Yeah. That's good. It's a really good answer. Okay, forty percent way way through here. <laughs> I like. All right, what's this is a good one. What's one strategy you wish you used now that you know that you're, you're professionals? But what's a strategy that you wish you had on your tool belt when you first began teaching that you now know? It's like, man, why didn't I do? You brought up scamper just to pull a random tool out. Is there something that you like? If I could go back and talk to young Tammy and Miranda, I would want them to. I I wish I would have known some of these creative problem solving strategies. Yeah. Back when I first was in the classroom, as I think it would be very beneficial for the students that I had to to learn these things. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit. I was a math teacher. So as yeah. math teachers, we don't have as much time, I think, as ELAR teachers to really delve into. Oh, you just made some ELA teachers very mad. <laughs> No, I'm going to bring it back because they like <laughs> I think they can tie I don't know a lot of life lessons into what they're teaching. That's what okay. LAR does. Okay. And with math, it's almost like it's almost like you have to go I don't know an extra step to even sell math to the mm. kids. And so for me, I as a new teacher, I was just like we got to go 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 and I don't think I spend enough time on the why. Mm. So first year teacher Marinda didn't spend enough time with the why that now I understand that more and understand the impact that knowing the why for our kids allows. So I wish first year Marinda would have taken a little bit more time and spent some time on that why. That's good. Man, these are good answers. (laughs) All righty. Question number four. Who is one person you could not imagine being without in your educational journey? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to say, for professionally, I'm going to say my director, yeah. Christine Williamson, because she really helped me. She really pushed my thinking, like, this whole time. Like, she's with understanding what giftedness means mm. and what GT means. And so, for me, that has probably sometimes frustrated me. Yeah. <laughs> but also caused me to change, you know, to to rethink that. Like once I get past the frustration, I'm like, mm-hmm. damn. And then I get on the other side of that, I'm like, okay, I get yeah. it. But you need those people. You need those mm-hmm. people to make you a better, you know, in any field. You mm-hmm. need those people to push your thinking. And I was lucky enough that it was actually my director mm-hmm. that that pushed that thinking. So yeah. And 
I have to agree with everything she said, but because <laughs> Christine Good. is great and and she she has cha- continued to challenge me along the way, I'm going to back up just a little bit more and talk about our executive director who got okay. me into into the gifted education world. She, her, and I were at another district together, and she took a chance on me and let me. You know, I was we we piloted a program for gifted pullout at our other district. I ended up following her to SAISD, and so. I, I think that without her, I, I wouldn't probably be here doing this job. And it led me to finding my, my passion. So I'm learning that San Antonio is doing a lot to lead yeah. and to encourage people. That, that's great to hear. Okay, last question. You've almost made it through here. If you had to tell teachers to do one thing, just one thing, maybe summarize it real concisely in just a couple words, to develop student potential, what would it be? You got to blank. I think it's used some of those thinker toys we shared with them yeah. this morning. Like just spend those two minutes. Like I could have I could have easily done something like that even in a math classroom. Like yeah. it only takes two to three minutes. I'm just trying to include in, increase that fluency and flexibility. Just a little bit of a, like that little, almost like a brain break in a way, but yeah. it's pushing that creativity piece. So that would be that one thing. Like do a couple of, you know, do one of those a few times a week and that's going to help that student. So, yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because, I, yeah, I hate it when you when you attack something and you got something like creative thinking that you're trying to encourage and you have some teachers like, yeah, I don't I don't have to teach that in my class because we don't have any creativity in blank. It's like, right. really? I know. I don't, I, yeah. I don't think that's correct. But, yeah, <laughs> yes. that's that's a great example. What do you think, Tammy? I would say to, to build like a safe space and listen to your students yeah. and make it comfortable and safe for them to be able to express themselves and and say answers that may not be the right answer and not be afraid to do that because that's you know what we're what our goal is here with these creative problem solving lava kits and I think that kids need that and I was that kid that didn't want to ever say an answer in class because just leave me alone let me sit in the back of the class you know I was always afraid to to do that and maybe if I felt more safe and secure in the class mm-hmm. that I I would have been more willing to to provide answers. I didn't get into feeling willing to do that until I was in college. And even then wow. it was <laughs> it was still iffy. Yeah. Well you've done a great job. Nothing iffy about today. Y'all did great. Thank y'all for being an encouragement. How can we find out more about you in your work? Are you on social media where people can check in to see all the great things or do you just hide it all from the world in these kids? Hide it all. No. So I am actually on LinkedIn, so you can find Very me cool. there and connect with me. I've started pushing a little bit more, leaning leaning a little bit more into that. Yeah. So definitely, I would say LinkedIn would be where you can find me right now. Very yeah. cool. I'm on LinkedIn, but I really don't put anything out there. And, you know, so probably email would be the best way to, to reach out. Yeah. Very cool. All right. We'll be sure to tag those in the notes. Thank you so much to our guests here today, Marinda Coleman and Tammy Crum. We're so glad you could join us. If you're interested in learning more about today's guest and their work, check out the links included with this podcast post. And if you're not yet a member of the Texas Association for the Gifted and Talented, we hope you'll join our community by visiting txgifted.org and clicking on the Join tab. Renzuli Learning is proud to support the Texas Association for the Gifted, their podcast and gifted education nationwide. Be sure to visit our website at RenzuliLearning.com and sign up for your free trial to experience firsthand how we deliver a rigorous, personalized learning environment for all students pre-K through 12 and how we align our resources to the TEKS and provide student-driven project-based learning that unpacks the natural passions and abilities in all children.